What's up everybody, GenX Dividend Investor here. In this video I tell you why I think that everyone needs to be a dividend investor and why I trust and value my dividend income so much more than the income I'll eventually get from Social Security. So if you aren't a Scrooge then please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet and click that bell notification. First off I wanted to say that I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays or at least a great weekend. And if you want to give me a nice gift, then please watch this entire video, as I'll be sharing some interesting info for anyone who ever wants to retire. Okay, so Social Security was created about 90 years ago in the US, and is now the primary source of income for retirees, for workers who become disabled, and for families where the main breadwinner dies. So if some parents are unfortunately killed, then their unmarried kids under the age of 18 can become eligible to receive Social Security survivor benefits. Of the nearly 65 million people currently receiving a social security check, more than a third are being kept out of poverty as a result of the added income they're receiving. But like many programs like this, there is some good that comes from it and some bad. These days social security is intended to be a supplement to retirement savings, but for many people it unfortunately is their only source of income. And having only one source of relatively low income can mean big problems when you have large unexpected costs like home repairs or car issues or whatever. Now, smart people realize they need more sources of income. Smart people actively seek out information on how they can better their financial features through investing. So congrats to you, the subscriber, for spending time watching videos like mine to better your education. The majority of folks out there don't have much financial acumen. Like, take a look at this article I just found. It's about a rich plastic surgeon named Lenny who had gotten a loan on a mansion. And Lenny the surgeon was quoted as saying, I have maintained that loan because the interest rate on it is far below the market and it makes no sense to pay it off. But then the author of the article wrote, who would choose not to pay off an interest accruing loan if they actually could? Interest is interest and you're still paying it even if it's below market value. Apparently the author failed to realize that the reason the surgeon didn't want to pay off the loan was because he thought he could make a bigger return by not paying it off and investing the cash instead. And in fact that's what I did myself. When I sold my last house about two years ago, I could have bought my new house in cash, but I instead chose to take out a 30-year fixed mortgage at 2.625% because I was confident that I could make more money by investing the cash rather than by paying off the house. That surgeon article reminds me of this relative I have who's really book smart but doesn't like to invest in the stock market because it always seems to be going down. Unfortunately, she hasn't taken the time to educate herself on how to invest in the market. A benefit to learning about investing and doing it yourself means you won't fall prey to investing scammers out there. Like yesterday I read about these two guys who were just caught doing a huge Ponzi scheme and who scammed over a thousand victims who had collectively invested and lost over a hundred million dollars. Ouch. Many of the people who got scammed lost their life savings and now they unfortunately are worrying if they'll ever be able to retire. That really sucks and would be a rough ride to go through. Speaking of rough rides, another thing I like about dividends is that their payouts often have way less volatility than stock prices, and not only that but they also tend to trend up over time, even as stock prices go bonkers. Dividends should be part of your retirement strategy. Sadly, some people don't invest because they think Social Security will cover them. Some don't invest because they lack access to work retirement plans. Of course, anyone could open up a taxable account, but work retirement accounts are easier for most folks. A recent T. Rowe Price study found that companies which automatically sign people up for their retirement plans double plan participation over the long term, though auto-enrollees tend to be people who invest less than those that voluntarily sign up. Another finding that T. Rowe had was that even though auto-enrollment gets people to start investing, those same people who then move to new jobs that don't have auto-enrollment often are the people that are less likely to sign up for a retirement plan on their own volition. 
Thus, it's kind of like it's good to help people, but then if you stop helping them, then they do even worse than if you hadn't helped them in the first place, which is also what some social security critics say is wrong about the program. Of course, most people who get social security are ones who have paid into it for decades, so it's not a handout for them. My dad is a big believer in people helping themselves rather than expecting someone else to help them out, though as I said, programs like social security often have some upsides and downsides. Anyways, for a long time T. Rowe has said that the key to achieving financial security in retirement is to save at least 15% of one's gross income or salary annually, inclusive of both employee and employer contributions. But when T. Rowe surveyed people asking them how much should you be saving and how much are you saving, 62% said they needed to save at least 15% of their income, but on average they were only saving 11%, including employee and employer contributions. Side note, T. Rowe Price is a dividend aristocrat and I actually used to have a work 401k with him at one point in time. Another thing to be aware of is that there's a huge 2023 spending bill that Congress may approve which has some helpful changes to retirement. There's a lot of pork in it as well. And by huge I mean it's over 4,000 pages, so no doubt all of our Congress people have read all of it. So first it would increase the age which you have to take mandatory distributions from your retirement accounts from age 70 to eventually age 75. That's good because it's nice to have the option to let your money compound longer into tax-free or tax-deferred account if you want. The bill also increases the so-called catch-up contributions allowed for savers, aka will allow some older folks to be able to contribute more into their retirement accounts than the current annual limit. The bill is also looking to influence employers to automatically put new hires into retirement plans as a part of the onboarding process. It's also trying to make it easier for small businesses to offer retirement plans, as well as enable more part-time employees at companies of all sizes to be able to have a retirement plan. It also has something where student loan payments may count as money going into a retirement plan, which would then allow employers to provide a matching contribution to their 401k. This provision would help workers who are not saving much for retirement because of their college debt. There's also a change that would allow certain lower income workers to get additional tax breaks when they save for retirement, as well as will create a way for people to more easily find old retirement accounts they lost track of. And there's a bunch of other retirement related proposals in the bill, but let's see if it actually passes. Those changes mostly seem pretty decent to me because they should help people's retirement accounts, which also drives more money into the market and thus provides more tailwinds for stock growth. Anything to coax more people to invest is probably a good thing. Some people don't invest due to a lack of funds, more a lack of willingness to prioritize investing over other parts of their budget. Some people don't invest because they can't stomach the risk, more can't deal with waiting for decades for large returns. I mean, it's not uncommon for me to get comments saying that dividend investing is just too slow, so people won't start or won't keep at it. To them, I'd say that everyone must choose one of two pains, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Noodle on that classic stoic saying because it's quite profound. Like either you overcome your urge to eat that late night snack before bed, or you deal with the regret of being overweight. You either overcome your laziness and hit the gym, or you deal with the regret of never getting that six pack. You either keep investing in your dividend stocks, even though your snowball is more of a snowflake, or you deal with the regret of not sticking with it and ending up working until you're 67. There will always be reasons not to do what you know you should be doing. This recent Charles Schwab study identified lots of obstacles for saving for retirement. Inflation and dealing with monthly expenses are common reasons people have for not investing. And we can see that stock market volatility scares a lot of people away from investing. Credit card debt is another common obstacle, as is saving for children's education. But if you're watching this video, then you're in the minority of people who will probably intelligently investing, so you'll have dividends and social security. There are lots of benefits that come from dividend investing, but not from social security. Like you can get dividend payments as soon as you start investing, rather than having to wait until 62 like social security. 
Now, the average Social Security benefit is around $18,000 a year, paid monthly. Dividends are often paid quarterly, though some are paid monthly. Both Social Security and dividend income can be paid via direct deposit into your checking account. Like, I use Fidelity and I've set up their tools so that my taxable dividends automatically get deposited into my checking account whenever they roll in. Which is awesome because even if I drop dead, then my wonderful wife will still get income flowing into her checking account without her needing to go into Fidelity and sell some stocks. That automated aspect of dividends is huge, and the fact that it happens without needing to know anything about stocks is awesome. My wife is wonderful, but she's terrible with numbers and has zero clue about stocks. Okay, when we look at income among Americans 65 and up, we see that over half are getting around $53,000 a year. Of that 53k, almost 20k comes from a job, which means many older folks are still working to make ends meet. The Bureau of Labor Statistics say that less than 5k of income comes from dividends or rentals or stuff like that for people in the 65 plus age range. According to the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, half of seniors get half or more of their retirement income from Social Security, and then about half of the private sector employees have retirement accounts like 401ks and IRAs and such. Now, the total cost of Social Security in 2021 was $1.1 trillion, or about 5% of US GDP. This leads to another thing I value and trust more about my dividends, which is that they're coming from companies like McDonald's that make money all around the world and aren't dealing with government budget issues and sprawling debt issues and such. Social Security is funded primarily through payroll taxes by both the employer and employee, and a key problem is that Social Security reserves are projected to be depleted by around 2035. But my dividend income isn't projected to be gone in a decade. No, I anticipate I'll have more than double my dividend income by then, which is another reason why I prefer dividends. Like, here are two rows from my dividend spreadsheet tool that I offer as a service to my Patreon aristocrats and kings that lets you put in your portfolio and it estimates how your dividend income could grow over time. And now I've added in the ability for you to put in values for inflation and taxes if you want. So what you see is that in the year 2035, i.e. about 12 or 13 years from now, my dividend income is estimated to be around 250 to 350k a year. Nice, and it's not running out of cash like Social Security. And why is more money going out in Social Security benefits than there is going in via payroll taxes? Well, this chart of births per woman in the USA shows part of the problem. What you can see is that at one point after World War II, we hit an average of about 3.5 births per woman, which is good for Social Security as that means more workers are contributing to fill up the piggy bank. But since WW2, our births have trended down and then flatlined. Thus, the amount of workers contributing to Social Security isn't on the same path as it was originally. Another problem is that boomers were a big uptick in population growth, and now that same group is drawing from Social Security, which means more money is going out faster than normal, which also contributes to it getting depleted too fast. And then for years, life expectancy was increasing, which means boomers were living longer and getting paid Social Security for longer, further exacerbating the problem of getting depleted. You don't have that same issue with quality dividend stocks. What I mean is that dividends keep paying as long as the company behind the dividend continues to pay them, and I'd bet that companies like Coca-Cola and McDonald's and such will be around long after I'm gone. Now, some good news for Social Security, which is actually bad news, is that lately life expectancy in the US has started trending down. In 2019, life expectancy was 79 years. In 2020, it was down to 77 years. And in 2021, it fell to 76 years. So not so great for our society, but at least it's good for Social Security, right? And obviously the pandemic didn't help life expectancy. Okay, one thing to realize is that even if Social Security had literally zero dollars in the bank, aka was totally depleted, it still wouldn't mean the checks stopped flowing. Why is that? Well, because money from workers is continually flowing into Social Security, so that simply means less money will be paid out once the coffers are depleted, not that no money will be paid out. 
And the estimates from the 2022 Social Security Trustees Report are that if nothing changes with current trends, then by 2035, they would need to cut monthly benefits by 25%. Now, to be fair, dividends can get cut, and even good companies can stop paying dividends, but that's why I hold a basket of stocks rather than just rely on one or two, so that even if one of them cuts, then my others can still probably give me income, and I could always choose to sell out of cutters and move into something else. Another thing that sucks about Social Security is that the age to get benefits has been raised since the program first started, i.e. you now have to wait longer before you can start getting those checks. In 1935, the minimum age to get full benefits was 65, but now it's been raised to 67. So those are all sucky trends for Social Security. Now the problem of an underfunded Social Security program is solvable via a variety of systems, but our gridlock Congress probably will do nothing as that's easier. It's kind of funny how Wall Street likes gridlock Congress, because gridlock means less change, and less change means things are easier to predict and are less volatile, all of which Wall Street likes. A risk to Social Security is if Congress decides to lower benefit payouts to shore up the balance sheet, which is a politically charged thing to do, but it's possible. Of course, Congress could change various laws that end up negatively impacting dividends as well, but many of those guys are big investors, so I doubt they'd be too keen to shoot themselves in the foot. Anyways, Social Security payroll taxes apply to up to $147,000 of an individual's annual income, and for every dollar you pay in Social Security payroll taxes, 85 cents goes towards paying monthly benefits to current retirees and their families, and surviving family members of workers who have died, and the other 15 cents pays benefits to people with disabilities and their families. Another reason I value my dividends more than Social Security is because I get to determine what I invest in and I get actual pride of ownership. I mean, I own McDonald's and Starbucks and Home Depot and Microsoft and all this stuff that I love going to and buying from. Seeing those golden arches at night is a beautiful sight. Playing Xbox games with my friends feels especially fun. Do I care that my Social Security is invested in bonds or whatever? No, not at all. And another problem with Social Security payments versus dividends is that if you and your wife both worked and are collecting Social Security and one of you dies, then the remaining person only gets the higher Social Security payment. They don't get both. With dividends, if someone dies, the remaining person gets all the divvies. And beyond that, when both my wife and I die, our dividend stocks will go to our kids, and then eventually will go to their kids, etc. I'm creating real generational wealth, and it's neat to know that my kids will have way more of a financial leg up than I ever had. But you can't create generational wealth with Social Security. If a child receives survivor Social Security benefits, they can get up to 75% of their deceased parents' basic Social Security benefit. So that basically means that once your kids become legal adults, they generally get none of your social security unless they are disabled before a certain age. And of course your kids' kids won't get bupkis. Another advantage dividend stocks have compared to social security is that I could choose to liquidate my stocks if I needed the cash. Obviously you don't want to do that, but having that option is still valuable. Plus with dividends you can turn on the drip and then compound your income faster, whereas with social security you're kind of limited to your years worked and the salary you had. Okay, another downside to Social Security is that some people will put more into it than they get out, which is actually one reason why some people dislike Social Security so much. I bet with quality dividend stocks you will almost always get out more than you put in, especially over the long run. So while Social Security isn't perfect, and I could do better if I got to keep all the contributions and just invested it myself, I actually don't mind the program and appreciate the fact that there is something out there that can help orphan kids and disabled folks. Then again, I don't mind paying taxes for firemen, even though I've never had a fire, nor do I mind paying taxes for the 911 operators, even though I've luckily never had to call them. Some call Social Security a type of insurance program, where you pay into it and then collect in the future, though critics say it's not like insurance enough, and that's part of the problem. Anyways, a difference between Social Security and dividends is that Social Security gets increased by cost of living adjustments each year, whereas dividends get increased through company hikes. Regardless of all that, the good thing is that you can have both dividends and Social Security, and rental income and side hustle income and whatever. 
So hopefully you now see why I think that everyone needs to be a dividend investor and why I trust and value my dividend income so much more than the income I'll get from Social Security, which I still won't see for over a decade. And again, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Don't forget, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And now some sad news. I recently did a video called A Simple Clarinetist Who Built a $170 Million Portfolio, and I just found out that the nice gentleman in that video passed away this month. I actually was told about it when a nephew of the clarinetist, a young fellow named John, reached out to me over social media with the terrible news. In my discussion with him, I also found out that this John fellow recently started his own YouTube channel called John's Reviews, so it would be cool if you either subscribe to him or maybe have your kids subscribe to him to help him out. I'll include a link to his channel in the description of this video. And now I'd like to shout out my newest Patreon aristocrats who have signed up since my last video. So thank yous go out to WV Keith B, Freedom Chaser, Finn Vester, Neona K, Fedor G, and IEX McDonald. I'd also like to thank Jospru, who signed up for an entire year so he gets a 10% discount. Aristocrats gain access to my dividend portfolio tracker spreadsheet, which I use in lots of my videos, and they get special access to various private channels on my Discord, including one which lets you watch my videos before I release them publicly on YouTube, as well as lets you vote on which thumbnails I should use, and of course you get more direct access to me. Finally, I urge everyone to join my free dividend Discord chat server, which has thousands of dividend investors on it from around the world. Regardless of what you do, please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click the bell notification. Thanks for watching, Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.